Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is podcast. America's podcast, where we talk to interesting people. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Welcome to another thrilling episode of There It Is. As I always say, this podcast is more thrilling than any true crime podcast. I always say that. This is episode 235. Go back and listen to every episode. I say that this comedy podcast is more thrilling than any true crime podcast. You can't tell me I don't say it. I always do. We have a great guest today. It's Xavier Podden. But first, keep an eye out on our YouTube page. We'll be posting the Pop Talk episode soon. Brother of the show, Trey, did a lot of work on that. YouTube.com slash there it is. And a heads up, we're working on doing a fun Halloween episode. That'll be dropping, hopefully, the week of Halloween. That's what we plan to do, so we've got some fun stuff ahead. On to today's episode. Xavier previously appeared on the podcast in episode 117. And that's pretty wild when you do the math. 117 times 2 is 234. If I could have just planned this better, I would have had his return last week, episode 234, but hey. I, I wasn't thinking about that, because it doesn't matter. <laughs> He's back to talk about Rubbish Comedy Collective. It's a new comedy entity here in New York City that he is launching along with some folks, including a couple of previous guests. We have a great chat about why it's being started and their approach. Let's get right to it. Here's my chat with Xavier Podden. Yeah, there's a great quote from George Carlin that's like, time adds texture to your experience or your perspective or something like that Uh and i remember hearing that you're like oh man that's fucking delicious that's like wow that's a meal i can think about for a while and Uh it's true man it's true because i i I like will watch shows or i'll watch like a movie that i've seen before or uh, i'm rereading a book that i used to love 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 it was like before there were improv books that you could get regularly like you Uh could get truth in comedy for sure but uh, Improvise had just uh, come out from Mick mm. Napier. And um, that was like the only other book. But after I read those, those were like the first improv, improv books. This was a book on improv called Free Play uh, by a guy named Steven Natchmanovich. Mm. So good, man. And I just started listening to um, uh, to it again on tape. I got it from the library. I just got a library card for New York. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah me too. Felt so good. You can get an uh, ebook. And no more late fees. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just great. And he said there was a thing there that w- I was just reminded of. And I remember hearing it the first time I read it because I actually had like the, the book copy and, you know, like was highlighting stuff. Um, and I remember it's like, oh, you can't teach someone how to improvise, right? Because improvising is um, just a matter of your creativity showing up. Uh-huh. Right. So all you can really teach someone is how to remove those blocks to their own creativity. 
right how to tap into their creativity. That is a great yeah. thought. And it just was like, I re reheard that. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember it from that perspective then. But then from the perspective on that now, like how much, like how different that texture is of just the time that's passed. Nothing changed between the words. What changed right. with me as the observer, you know? Um, so, right. Uh, oh, that's great. And, and also part of that texture is you just started a collective. You just started a comedy collective. That's right, <laughs> Rubbish comedy, man. Yeah. That's really dope. Yeah. First, let's talk about why the name Rubbish Comedy. Sure, sure. Um, so Rubbish, uh, I mean, it's funny. I was like, we were like thinking what we could call ourselves and one of the names that came up was like pig pen, uh, but it turns out there's a much like very established a theater called pig pen already. Um, and uh, they do like a lot of good stuff after looking into it. Um, but the idea of rubbish came up uh, because I think, you know, one of the easiest, the easiest way to say this is just like so much creativity, so much stuff that you are, you are in the process of creating gets like thrown away. Right. Like uh -huh. so many different drafts. If you're a writer, um, uh -huh. so many different uh, improv shows as a performer and improviser where you're like, oh, this wasn't that good. It was it's garbage. It was garbage. But all of that uh -huh. rubbish, all of that rubbish makes you more of who you are. And there's a lot of treasure that could be found in that trash. Right. Like all of that uh -huh. uh, rubbish that kind of. So that's that's sort of the, the big idea there. Plus, it's like ubiquitous right it's like everywhere in new york you're gonna like you're one of the things you see other than roaches and rats is piles of trash everywhere you know <laughs> right. so, um so it felt like yeah it felt like different enough um and and the same enough where it felt good for all of us and when you say all of us who is all of us who was in that conversation? Well, the idea is for the, I mean, it's a collective rubbish comedy collective. And what we are going to do is expand the collective, right? So ultimately it's going to be much more, the collective exists right now as four people. Cause we're the four, the first four people who came together to do it. But ultimately the goal is to have many more people as a part of that collective. Um, and, you know, uh, uh, doing stuff there but uh, as of right now it is um um audrey stanfield who is a fantastic uh sketch performer and character mm -hmm. performer yep been on the podcast yeah yeah she could be seen most notably at ucb east uh back when that mm -hmm. was uh, going on um along with molly gaby also a mm -hmm. fantastic performer improviser and previous guest and previous <laughs> guest yeah <laughs> Uh, and she's just fantastic, uh, who is also uh, frequently at the, the Beast um, and Zach Willis. Zach and uh, Molly are fantastic improvisers. They've been on a bunch of teams together, I believe. And uh, we're on uh, and still are on a team called Women and Men who performed at the, at the Beast all the time, too. So they all knew each other. And then we kind of came together sort of by like not coincidence. I think of it a little bit more like when you feel like destiny is attached to to things where things are like oh this is really lined up in a way that it, it kind of like all of a sudden the gears meet and boom the machine is like rolling without having to like tinker too much you know uh, so yeah i would say like a little bit of providence maybe if, if if we're thinking 
the divinity is involved. <laughs> but yeah, we, we, we all came together. I got to, um, I had never taken a class with Zach. I'd never worked with Zach before. I've always heard of him. Joanna, my wife, had taken a class with him. And my best friend, Charles, had taken classes with him. And they had nothing but wonderful things to say. And he was doing some stuff uh, online. I was recommended by a friend to take this like free workshop he was doing online to like basically gear, because we didn't know at the time how long we were going to be stuck inside and doing stuff. So he was uh, gearing up and trying to make like for people who have done in-person improv stuff before and feel comfortable with it, do this free thing a couple of times um, and give feedback and whatever. And then we just, we, we ended up talking after it was done. It was supposed to be like a, maybe a 10 minute conversation. We ended up talking for like an hour and um, we just hit it off and, you know, just uh, we, we our, our ideals um, matched. Uh, and we're both in charge of like the education school part of uh, the Rubbish Comedy Collective. And then Audrey and Molly are in charge of the performance stuff right now. But as we grow, oh, cool. there'll be different parts who different people who are in charge of different things. And, 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 uh, and one day maybe we'll have less to do with the moving the ball for, for Rubbish Comedy Collective and other people who really want to be a part of that will be you know the the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the movers and shakers dope that's a great lineup there yeah man really talented people uh a lot of and and a lot of movers and shakers there <laughs> we were talking a good bit about you know kind of the state of things mm-hmm. in comedy how does that affect the approach to the collective is it a part of the behind closed doors discussions on on how to run something like this because so many people talk about toxic theaters and and bad communities and people have started new theaters because of this like how is any of that coming into the fold here yeah it's a good question man i think um i I want to say two different things at the same time and i want both of them to be the 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 only thing that i say that people hear (laughs) <laughs> um the first one is yeah man fuck every other theater we are we're here to change all the fucked upness that ever happened um no, i'm just kidding uh but we the, the other thing that i want to say is that i think we all are very lucky to have had the experiences that we've had at those places that sort of have contributed to our own like view and perspective and you don't really get I mean, I guess you, you can always have an opinion, right? But the the uh-huh. the I think maybe the sweet spot of having uh, an opinion is having one that's like based on experience and like the, the reality that you've lived. Um, and so we kind of pulled together from that and just wanted to do something that is like mission based, you know, uh-huh. um, that's really focused on growing talent for the sake of the love of doing the thing right uh-huh. like we don't want it we um well i guess i could just be candid here right i can like ucp yeah. was was great uh, for a lot of different reasons i wouldn't have met a lot of the people um that i was able to to meet 
and not even just in New York. I mean, just like in DC, in South Carolina, like if it weren't, weren't for the fact that there was like a true North kind of thing where people were like targeted towards, I wouldn't have been able to align my, my compass. Right. You know, and uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, UCB was that. Um, and, and of course, a uh, second city in a different regard was that, uh, but you know, there's uh, as someone who went through the whole system there for a lot of different things, and they were missing a whole lot. Uh-huh. Culture-wise, they were missing a ton. And ultimately, the idea of like a comedy theater being a ladder, you know, that you can climb for commercial success or commercial viability, or I'm going to be famous one day, or I'm going to be on this showcase, uh, or watch me. This is the SNL characters, uh, JFL, you know, uh-huh. yada, yada, yada. Um, people are uh-huh. buying tickets to a show, but they're seeing these weird abstract like things. There's a lot of really, really good things uh, um, associated with it. But then there's a lot of bad things, right? Because then the culture is not one necessarily that cares about anybody else other than my own ambition and my own goals, right? Which is great. Uh-huh. That, that's good. That's one version of America, uh-huh. right? It's just like uh-huh. ruthless fucking ambition chase after it don't give a shit about nobody you can be an asshole you can be sexist you can be misogynist you can be whatever um racist you can do all of these things as long as you're ambitious and funny enough of us will not care about it that you can keep on keep on and you see how that sort of culture kind of creates a problem right i think we've seen maybe more in the last five years how how that's problematic maybe the last 10 years than ever really before right Um, because weren't happening around it yeah right absolutely yeah and then just to to add to the complete idea here there's something very important about doing art and comedy in a way that makes you commercially successful right if you want to Uh be a comedian if you want to be a writer if you want to be you know in the comedy economy is what i call it all the time you should learn from professionals who do that right Right. Um, but then there's also people who just want to do stuff recreationally. You know, they just want to do stuff for fun. They want to connect with other people and community. Right. So mm-hmm. that's the other part of what we are also doing. And I think the places we've seen that have been successful so far, or at least have that have weathered the storm of 2020 and, you know, the ongoing pandemic are the ones that have roots in something that isn't just selfish ambition uh, for for stardom right it's community based it's people connecting with each other uh-huh. um and it's it's a very cool thing so that's i think our aspirations are pretty high <laughs> <laughs> yeah which is a great thing i've been really excited about seeing what's unfolding because not only are the people running it a bunch of movers and shakers but a lot of people involved in different ways teaching and what have you also movers and shakers can we talk about that lineup i mean you've got cypher sounds involved there's so many people yeah. uh yeah, man. Yeah. how did all this come together so i i can't speak specifically about uh Seif. i haven't worked with him a, a lot in the past i've done take it personal um at ucb house kitchen when he's done it uh there mm-hmm. um i know that he has uh got like a real uh, fun and good relationship already established uh, with Zach and Molly and Audrey from that whole UCB East, uh, the connections there, the community there, um, that that sort of had like its own flavor and vibe of of stuff. 
Um, so yeah, yeah, he's going to be doing some cool things. We got some other really, really great, like talented teachers, and um, uh, we have our like our first like sold out in a day uh, workshop um, is from a guy named Nick Papas. Uh-huh. Um, he is uh, uh, late night. He's doing a late night writing uh, uh, workshop, um, and he was uh, NBC um, uh, scholarship uh, late night writing scholarship recipient, and he's done uh, Boogie Manja stuff. He's directed uh, sketch stuff, and he's a very very good like sketch writer. Uh-huh. And it's just so great to be able to have um, good people around who want to do good things and be able to facilitate that man that's uh-huh. like a, a it's a cool uh, a cool cool thing but yeah we got a whole bunch of lineups of like different and we're rolling them out continuously too which is a pretty cool thing we got a storytelling uh class that's in the works we announced earlier on a hip-hop improv class there's a clown class that's starting at the end of the month october yeah. 30th with tally but I, I love her so much she is yeah. she's one third of cocoon central dance team she is so funny. All three of them in that are so funny. And they're, yeah. they're physically hilarious. You know, like the, I'll see them on their Instagram and they each will crack me up and all they're doing is moving. So yeah, she is going to be a great teacher for a clown class. <laughs> Absolutely. So what we're really trying to do is like, I mean, we're trying to figure out what's best for the student right like Uh the the focus on the people who are going to sign up for these things that want to learn like the when we were taking classes you signed up for an eight-week course where you you met three times a week for or you i'm sorry you met for three hours once a week for eight Uh weeks and you know whatever and it's hundreds of dollars and it's a big commitment and that's sort of a little bit different these days right where people are less able maybe to commit or less interested in these like long-term commitments up front and you know this like hundreds of dollars investment and something you know so we had a workshop with tally and i signed up for it i was i was like blown away there's so much stuff that i was able to do you know um and this was a digital one that um uh, so you could do it at home um and you know on camera and you get to see like these funny things that people are doing inside of their houses, just like moving. And clown is especially wonderful because it's really about connecting with, with the audience and, and the right place and like really having like these vulnerable moments um, and this sort of like unabashed like energy of like, I want, I want, I need, I need, um, you know? Uh, so it was very cool. But the in-person um, clown class is starting at the end of the month. And I think I'm going to do it for sure. I think I'm going to do it. We haven't sold out yet. And, I mean, it's going to be physical, but I'm pretty fucking stoked. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, just looking at all of the lineup, it's so impressive. Uh, so many great teachers are involved. I mean, I'm, I'm super biased because I love everyone who's involved, but I love everyone because they are genuinely great. So it comes from a sincere place, my bias. Uh- <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Cause it's, and I know a lot of people uh, will say that, so I appreciate you saying that. Thanks, for sure. sure. So it's in Tribeca that the shows are going to be. Yeah, right now uh, we just announced on Thursday that our uh, uh, our first in-person show is going to be in Tribeca, uh, 221 West Broadway uh, at the Town Stages. Yeah, and that's uh, on 
October 23rd. Yeah, October 23rd. New York. We're going to be in New York. Yeah, this, this place is a really cool spot too. Uh, mm-hmm. Come to New York. If you're not, if you're not already in New York, come to New York. You won't regret it. It's going to be really, really fun. We got yeah. um, bar attached to this uh, huge um, uh, theater event space. Um, and we are, I mean, it's going to be a real special night and you only get your first, you know, your first uh, debut show. So if we, if it's an awesome show, you will have the greatest memories. If it's a garbage fire, you will have some really interesting memories. Um, uh, but either way, you shouldn't miss it. So <laughs> I saw that Liz Winstead is going to be there. Yes. She was a co-creator yep. of the Daily Show and also right. started the Abortion Access Front, um, formerly right. known as Lady Parts Justice. Some people may know more about that name, but it's the same same group. Woody Fu is involved. I mean, just a ton of great people are going to be there that first night. Yeah. So I'm stoked. We have our tickets already. Hell yeah. Thanks for coming. And there's people who haven't been uh, put on the poster yet just because things are just uh, that there will be some nice surprises. I mean, that uh, what's a New York show that doesn't have uh, some nice surprises that aren't on the poster? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. And then we may not stay in uh, Tribeca forever. You stay tuned for where, where we are going to establish residency in 2022. Uh, we will be okay. there until, until further notice. Um, they, they're lovely down there. I've never been to Tribeca before. I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. get it. This is where Robert De Niro loves this area, right? They, they <laughs> built <that> over here. <laughs> are all classes online or are any happening in person? Yeah. So we are doing a mix of both because we're still trying to figure out what like what what is good for people. Right. What's the level of comfort? What's also the restrictions that we're going to have with COVID next week? It could right. be like, oh, you know what? There's the Moo variant or the, you know, the Mewtwo variant um, uh, is, is, is preventing people from, you know, being anywhere. Uh, uh-huh, so uh-huh. we are doing a mix of things online, in person. And also there's a comfort level of people that maybe are not ready to be social in that way. Uh-huh. I was just talking to somebody at work the other day, and it's like a weird cognitive dissonance you have to have. That's like at the same time you have to know, okay, there's a, a virus that's killing people out there because they're around breathing the same air. And also I'm vaccinated. I'm, you know, and there's laws and rules and regulations in the city. Uh-huh. I have to like negotiate those two things and just go like, well, and I'm, 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 it's like a gamble, just like everything else is a gamble. It's a lot like festivals because there are a ton of festivals that got completely thrown off. You know, they yeah. postponed and they then they end up postponing again or just fa- flat out canceling. Now it's like, well, people are vaccinated, but, you know, can we have a bunch of people travel from all over the place here? Yeah. Uh, safely and and some places can maybe do that safer than others or some people just have a different threshold and yeah. they're both being safe just uh one is a little more nervous about it than the other it's not that they're even necessarily being more safe yeah and so it's it, it is a mixed bag and, and it is uh, a sort of difficult thing to sort of figure out i mean we're seeing it all across the entertainment industry yeah um, so it's it is it is what it is, unfortunately. Speaking of festivals, there's a um, the North Coast Comedy Festival is going on. I just uh, uh-huh. performed in that last night. Oh, how was that? 
Oh, so great. It was great. Magnet was up in the same block as uh, the former UCB, now the um, uh, artistic oh, rap the people. Yeah, uh, Squirrel. So they are um, okay. uh, uh, a lot of the like leaders from the old UCB or, you know, like they, they got together and made uh, Squirrel Comedy Theater and they're doing a lot of mm -hmm. the same sort of uh, like game based stuff and sketch based stuff, which is uh, really cool to see that, you know, they've got that going on. They were on in the same block as Magnet, who's like very much on a different this part of the spectrum of uh, mm -hmm. improv stuff. And so I was performing with uh, Armando Diaz Experience and they were doing their uh, headline uh, show, Borabish. Um, and it was so fun just to be on stage together and like have that sort of unified hour of like, uh, you know, like. I don't, I don't know another time where that's happened, where like two competing entities are, or technically traditionally competing entities are right. like booked for the same spot. And for the same hour. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. there was obviously during Del Close and other festivals here, uh, but, but namely, I guess Del Close where it'd be at all the theaters yeah. that were in New York um, when they were still doing it in New York. Um, yeah. <laughs> But even then, I don't know that you were seeing on the same stage half of it one theater and the other half another theater. Yeah, on this not on the same stage, but just in the same hour, you know, on top of exactly. It. Yeah, yeah. So it's cool. It's cool to be you know in the festival and be like doing something like that, especially because it's I mean hard man to pull together a festival these days. Like, yeah, that's hard. That's that's not that's not an easy task. Somebody who's like done a little bit of the like just the administrative work for all of the moving pieces and all of the different variables. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff to come together on and they're still doing it. Yeah. It's, I think some theaters are ushering in or, or some people are ushering in a new direction for comedy community. And I think you all are taking part in that and how you are doing things and moving forward uh, yeah. to, to keep it as a community based mm -hmm sort of thing as opposed to competition everyone's competition and i think yeah. that's a beautiful thing you know in all honesty the theaters theaters have a different approach and that's fine yeah and honestly and this was something i was talking about with brian james o'connell and he was saying it makes more sense to say okay you like this kind of thing why don't you go check out this other theater they're great at that kind of thing yeah. And and that really is what the, the community should be like. It shouldn't be like, yeah. well, we do it this way and we think it's right because blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, it's so silly. It really, yeah, man. It's, I mean, I, you know, it's like to suit yourself kind of thing if you, but you're, I'm never, I don't know. I have like this, I, uh, my mom gave me a book uh, when I was in high school called The Science of Getting Rich. And this guy, Wallace D. Waddles, talks about and lays out this whole idea of um, scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset. And I and in that, basically, like if you look at every other person as your competitor, then you're always going to be in competition. Right. You're, uh -huh. you're, you know, or how you can leverage other people as instead of like a relationship that you can build with them, you leverage them as a way, as a means to an end, right? And it's very uh -huh. obvious. That's like scarcity mindset. There's always something to lose and there's always something to gain. But an abundance mindset means there is enough resources for all of us. I'm never going to be in competition with you because I'm not you. I'm not going to do right. what you do. You're not going to do what I do. Uh -huh. 
Um, so that means that I should ultimately, hypothetically, right? I should cheer you on and your success as much as my own success because right. it, it, it will benefit everyone. Absolutely. You know, the greater community for, for you to exist in a robust way. And it'll benefit me and it'll benefit you and the people who identify with either your take on things or my take on things. They're not people we have to fight for, for community and tribal kind of a sense. It's like, no, this is, this is how we are. And they're great too, how they are. And if you mm-hmm. want some of this, come over here. If you want to try that, go over there, you know, I don't know. It's a great time for community. I think that sort of the pandemic has something to do with that too, at least tangentially where we've had, yeah. we've had to rely less on, on the big, uh, the big owners kind of like bequeathing us uh, community and events and whatever. We just kind of like have to figure it out and be more farm to table and less like mm. Walmart superstore, you know, where everything mm-hmm. is sort of disposable and cheap. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're at the end of this chat. When did we start? <laughs> Can we create something together? Of course, man. And I'm thinking in the context of starting a collective or a theater, um, if somebody wanted to do what you're talking about mm-hmm. um, uh, and saying, like, let's be more farm to table, what can I bring to that table? Uh, what sort of advice would you give if someone said, I want to start a theater, I want to start a collective in their town? Hell yeah. I, oh, man, that's a great question. I would say have some people to um, look up to, number one, right? Uh-huh. Have some, like, I don't know whether that, for me at least, whether that's like TED Talks or the books, the books that I was talking about, right? Yeah. Having um, having someone else's learned experience and go like, oh, you know what? I'm interested in this thing. And uh, one of my first improv gurus, Topher Bellavia um, uh, from DC, he's the one who recommended this book to me, Free Play from Stephen Nashmanovich. And it just helped me kind of align some ideas in my head where I could really crystallize them, have my own opinions, and then go from there, finding them in other people, you know? And then being excited about those things and creating together and really like knowing that we don't know when our clock is going to stop. So chase that shit out. I mean, don't be crazy about it. You know, be, you know, like things are, things are, um, uh, you know, the, uh, there's no scarcity, but definitely you, you don't get what you don't ask for. So look for it and ask for it everywhere. And then, if it's not happening, create it. See where there are doers doing. Uh, reach out to those people. I know we, uh, Rubbish Comedy, Rubbish at Rubbish Comedy, uh, or info at rubbishcomedy.com. Um, you can reach out to us and, you know, we will, like, share our stuff. Because there's a lot. That's, I think that's more the default than people realize is how many people will be excited for the fact that you are wanting to do something. You're interested in doing something. You want to create stuff. And... Um, if you reach out to people who are already doing it, they're usually going to respond with something. They're not going to be like the worst case scenario where you think they're going to ignore you or they'll just like laugh at you or something or be like, well, we don't really do that. 
a lot of people who are doing are have learned a lot of lessons and are interested in like sharing them and, and supporting uh, your growth, especially if it's something in the arts and in, in sort of that vulnerable artistic arena of creativity, you know? It's all really great advice, especially the part about if you reach out, people will more than likely respond with some, some sort of advice or some sort of help. Yeah. Um, you know, and then people will get busy and sure. they might say like, oh, I can't really help right now, but that's still a response that's not mean. So like, don't, don't be hesitant to ask. Yeah. You know, no yeah. one is, I mean, I won't say no one there, there'll be one or two dicks, but sure. if you ask 10 people, it's more than likely all than 10 will be kind. Plus you don't lose anything by learning information. It just becomes a new data point where you're like, Oh, okay. That person's a dick. I'm going to remember that, you know, <laughs> right, I, right. You know whatever. I got a really shitty response. But for the most part, even if I can't help someone, I will try to connect them to a resource that can help them. I think yeah, most people are yeah. like, that, right? like I don't have the answer to your specific thing for Wyoming's, you know, like, uh, a twin mountains uh improv festival but i can reach out to someone i know around there or share like you know something relative to your question like that's that's a cool thing i think most people are cool with being cool well there it is thanks for being on the podcast again xavier absolutely jason thanks for having me man for sure it's so fucking great talking to you it was so great having him back. If you're interested in those books that he mentioned, they are listed in the bio. Go to rubbishcomedy.com for information on the collective, like classes and shows. And their first show is October 23rd in Tribeca at Town Stages. Get tickets if you are in town. Follow Zave on Twitter, at Zave Tiger. Follow Rubbish Comedy on Twitter and Instagram, at Rubbish Comedy. And on Facebook, at Rubbish Comedy NYC. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at There It Is Pod. And our YouTube, at There It Is. We have a comedy lifestyle newsletter that you can subscribe to and support us if you can. We have a Patreon and a PayPal go to to thereitispod.com for newsletter and support info. Links in bio. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 